Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, this is Joe Ziemba, and welcome to the latest episode of When Football Was Football. And, and this episode is one I've been wanting to do for a long time. Wanting to discuss one of the legends of football recently named to the Hall of Fame, Someone who was once called the meanest man in football. So you know you're going to hear some good stories tonight. He was known for his clothesline tackles, his less than courteous activity underneath the pile, and for his unrelenting will to win. So on this episode, we'll take a look back at the remarkable career of defensive end Ed Sprinkle, a former member of the Chicago Bears who is now enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When we think of overpowering pass rushers, highly regarded names like Reggie White, Aaron Donald, Bruce Smith, and J.J. Watt pop up. Big, quick, agile defenders who relied on both physical strength and keen intuition to trample over and around offensive blockers. But the fearful Ed Sprinkle was actually a minuscule presence on the field. At six foot and about 208 pounds, Sprinkle was certainly no behemoth for the Bears. In fact, he barely made the team when he showed up for a tryout as an undrafted rookie in 1944. Yet through his sparkling 12-year career with the Bears that concluded with his selection, as we mentioned, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame just last year, Sprinkle was a very visible participant on NFL fields and not always in a favorable light. For example, at least two opposing coaches wanted him kicked out of the league, and Green Bay Packer fans once voted him as the second most hated member of the Chicago Bears in history, just behind the invincible Mike Ditka. One fan wrote, You want the name of the baddest bear? It was Ed Sprinkle, the meanest, dirtiest, anything goes end for the Bears. He was a headhunter, cheap shot artist, and all around hitman. Sprinkle was great at giving a head chop or an extra knee, and many times this occurred after a player was down or out of bounds. So how does such a description match this average size husband father and a player that teammate George Connor once called the quietest guy in the team. Even rugged center Bulldog Turner of the Bears described Sprinkle as a fine a gentleman as you could meet. Who really was this football version of Jekyll and Hyde? Sprinkle was born in Bradshaw, Texas in 1923 and played just one season of the local version of six-man football which included a center, a quarterback, two ends, and two halfbacks at nearby Tuscola High School and really wasn't very dominant on the field at the time. He didn't receive an athletic scholarship to college but attended Hardin-Simmons University in Texas where he was named as an all-border conference tackle selection and helped his team to an undefeated regular season in 1942. 
But due to the ongoing efforts during World War II, Hardin-Simmons dropped its football activities and Sprinkle transferred to the U.S. Naval Academy in 1943, where he earned a starting spot at tackle by the third game. Sprinkle's presence sparked a strong Navy season as the team finished 8-1, dropping only a 33-6 contest to Notre Dame and finishing fourth in the national polls while capturing the Lambert Trophy, signifying it as the top club in the East. Following his tenure at the Naval Academy, Sprinkle hoped to become a pilot in the Naval Air Corps Reserves, but never received a call. Instead, his old friend, Bulldog Turner of the Bears, who was also played at Hardin-Simmons, encouraged the undrafted Sprinkle to try out for the team in the fall of 1944. Of course, at barely 200 pounds, Sprinkle did not possess the physical attributes to be an interior lineman in the NFL, even in the 1940s when players weren't quite as big as they are today. Bears coach George Hallis was not impressed with Sprinkle in the beginning, based primarily on evaluating the size of Sprinkle's body and not the size of his heart. Sprinkle later said, I was not real big, but they knew they had to watch out for Ed Sprinkle. Sprinkle claimed that it was actually Bulldog Turner who insisted to Hallis that Sprinkle be part of the Bears roster or else. Turner threatened to quit if Sprinkle was not on the team. But earning respect has never been easy in the National Football League, so young Ed Sprinkle needed to first make his mark on the practice field with his new team, as Sprinkle remembered. Coach Hallis said that he didn't need any 200-pound tackles, but gave me a try at guard. One day in practice, one of the halfbacks was running with the ball, and I hit him pretty hard at full speed and knocked him about eight feet in the air. I really rattled his chops, and after that, I earned some respect from my teammates. Well, Hellas then gave Sprinkle a closer look, and he found a roster spot as a guard on defense and an end on offense. He eventually grabbed seven touchdown passes as a receiver for the Bears, but was even more productive as a blocker. Years later, Sprinkle explained his preferred blocking method by saying, I'd come across the field and hit a guy from the blind side. He'd have his eyes on the ball carrier and I'd just clobber him. I was devastating on that block. They wouldn't let me do it too much because I hit too many guys too hard. Sprinkle also remembered a play that perhaps turned him into the dangerous defender that he quickly became and provided him with the rationale that he carried as a defensive end. He said, I was playing guard on a pullout, and I went into the secondary. Bob Waterfield elbowed me and broke my jaw. Then I thought, maybe I'll get a vendetta against quarterbacks myself. After a couple of years, Hallis moved Sprinkle over to defensive end almost exclusively, and his vendetta became quite apparent. The Green Bay Press-Gazette once reported that Sprinkle said, with a quarterback, the big thing is that he can beat you. So the objective is to register them incapable of completing touchdown passes. If I got the chance, I would not miss an opportunity to lay it on somebody. The most feared weapon in Sprinkle's defensive arsenal was his clothesline tackle, which is, of course, now illegal. With this move, Sprinkle would simply stick out a strong arm at throat level and either stun the runner with that intrusion or reach around and toss the offensive player down by the neck. It earned Sprinkle the nickname of Claw, and former Chicago Tribune Bears writer Don Pearson once said, 
he perfected the clothesline tackle. The Green Bay Press-Gazette recalled such an instance involving running back Hugh McElhenney of the San Francisco 49ers and said, Sprinkle ran into McElhenney once with such force that McElhenney's helmet was twisted around such that he was looking out of its earlobe. Sprinkle said McElhenney then told former Chicago player Bill Bishop it was the hardest he had ever been hit. With many war veterans returning to the Bears at the conclusion of World War II, the team was loaded with talent during the 1946 season, finishing 8-2-1 and then defeating the Giants 24-14 in the NFL Championship game. Sprinkle's bad boy reputation continued to grow in that title contest. The Chicago Tribune stated, During the title game, Sprinkle broke the noses of Giants quarterback Frank Filchok and running back Frank Reagan, and he separated running back George Frank's shoulder. But it was all in the day's work for Mr. Sprinkle, who also was not a fan favorite of the crosstown Chicago Cardinals. Sprinkle said, I never had any particular dislike for the Cardinals, but I had some pretty good run-ins with some of their players. Charlie Trippy and I had quite a thing going. We went back and forth at each other all the time. The most famous collision between the two came in a Cardinals upset win over the Bears in 1951. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram wrote, Sprinkle once broke Cardinal running back Charlie Trippy's jaw, and Trippy retaliated by sucker punching Sprinkle the next opportunity he got, knocking out Sprinkle. Trippy was fined for his action and paid willingly, and said, it was worth it. Then in 1949, Sprinkle earned the wrath of a pair of NFL coaches due to his rough and unruly play. The first confrontation occurred in the Bears' 17-7 win over the Cardinals on October 3, 1949. Cards coach Buddy Parker was livid after the game as reported by the Philadelphia Inquirer, which reported, Following the game, the Cards coach Buddy Parker fairly fumed he charged that Sprinkle deliberately stomped on Elmer Angsman, his star right halfback. Angsman corroborated his coach's complaint and offered evidence. Pulling up his shirt, there were five cleat marks on his chest. A couple of weeks later, during the Bears-Eagles match, it took Sprinkle just one play to draw the ire of Philadelphia coach Greasy Neal, as noted in the Philadelphia Inquirer. On the first scrimmage play, Sprinkle crashed into Joe Muha, key linebacker in the, in the Eagles' revolving defense. Things were still revolving for Muha when he regained consciousness on the sidelines. After the Eagles minus Muha services suffered their only 1949 defeat, Coach Greasy Neal demanded action be taken against Sprinkle for illegal use of arms and threatened dire reprisal unless action was taken. Sprinkle's response to the ever-present wall of complaints about his rough play was always consistent, as he once said. They say that mainly because of my style of play, I was very aggressive. If I had an opportunity to belt somebody, I'd do it. It's not a game for sissies, you know. <laughs> so the crowning honor, so to speak, of Sprinkle's career arrived in 1950 when Collier's Magazine unsparingly called him the meanest man in football. The name stuck and the reputation grew after that, much to the dismay of Sprinkle who said, I was the most aggressive player on the football field and with the Bears. I was rough. If you call it mean, well, 
that's where the article comes from. In truth, Sprinkle never hit the reset button on the field and never went anything less than full speed. He continued to dispute the tagging of himself as a dirty player, even in retirement when he said, Dirty is kicking a guy when he's down or stepping on them, or elbowing them in the face or slugging them. I did not do those things. I hit as hard as I could when I should. During his 12-year career with the Bears, Sprinkle was named to the All-Pro team six times and went to four Pro Bowls. He would have been selected more often had the Pro Bowl been played before 1951. The Chicago Tribune columnist Steve Rosenblum marveled about Sprinkle years later, saying, The guy was so mean, so feared, so scary, and so good. Bears coach George Hellis defined Sprinkle, the former lightweight walk-on guard, as the toughest player in team history, as well as the greatest pass rusher I have ever seen. Sprinkle's career with the Bears ended in 1955, but even in retirement, his reputation preceded him. In 1961, the Chicago Tribune tracked him down coaching his sons on their Pop Warner team in the Chicago suburb of Palos Park. Sprinkle was known as a gentle, caring, and and encouraging coach, although one of the league administrators admitted that he was aware of Sprinkle's football reputation, which clearly was separate from Sprinkle, the coach and father. The administrator said, Bears fans should see him now as he roams around the bench and attends practices. When you see this big guy helping a kid that has the wind knocked out of him, or you see him pat a boy in the back, we know that it was all publicity. As mentioned, his long wait for induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame ended when he was selected in 2020. Sadly, Mr. Sprinkle passed away in 2014 at the age of 90 and did not live to enjoy this great honor. So was Ed Sprinkle mean, dirty, or merely aggressive and misunderstood? Well, maybe a little bit of all combined helped create the fearful aura of Sprinkle. Perhaps his best friend and mentor, Bulldog Turner, described the playing style of Ed Sprinkle best when he said, he never was dirty, but if you're standing around and the whistle hasn't blown yet, you'd better look out. We hope you enjoyed this episode of When Football Was Football and our look at the intriguing career of the meanest man in football. Please join us next time when we celebrate the NFL's oldest rivalry before the upcoming game between the Bears and the Cardinals on December 5th. We'll also have a very special announcement at that time that you won't want to miss. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Play Classic Sports Simulation Board Games. Spelled with two A's, that's P-L-A-A-Y. Realistic board game recreations of professional football, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, golf, and more. They cover nine sports in all, with a tenth, basketball, coming in 2022. You can relive great seasons of the past, create what-if matchups from different eras, and much more. It's fun. If you're into sports history, you should check them out. That's play with two A's, P-L, aayclassic.com and use the code SHN at checkout and get 10% off your first order. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. 
You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. We at the Sports History Network are so glad to introduce to you a new addition to our lineup, Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast. It's a weekly podcast that focuses on the history and memorabilia of North American football since its inception in 1869. It's hosted by Bob Swick, the publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and Joe Squires, a longtime contributor to that magazine. The podcast was launched in 2017 and has over 150 episodes that you can listen to now on the Sports History Network, as well as your favorite podcast provider. So join Bob and Joe as they go through football history, talking about the memorabilia and the great legendary players and games of the American Gridiron on the Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast.